This is Leon Gray. Oh, I was expecting you to come in. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> mate. Sorry, you know. on, Not as telepathic on. as we thought we were. <laughs> Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello, everyone. This is the interview queen, Alicia Two. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Definition in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. The one noise I the Willie Mack. This is Shreddy Breck, a.k.a. Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to... You are listening to... Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Hey, yeah. Hello and welcome to Broken But Glorious on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined online by May to last. Leon Gray and Ryan Thorn. How are you doing this evening, lads? All right, not bad. Yeah, good, mate. Really good. Happy to be here. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us this evening. How have you been surviving lockdown? I've, I've been uh, working the entire time. Yeah, I've uh, not had any time off. So it's working in hospital, it's basically been the same, but right, a right. bit more chaotic. So, um, yeah, there's not, not really been much change for me, to be honest. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm a little bit different. I, I always feel guilty when uh, when Leon talks about what he's been up to because he's like testing people for COVID. I've just yeah. maybe drank a bit more and uh, and generally just sort of played more FIFA, lazed around a little bit more. I've been working from home, but uh, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, my my beer intake has uh, has grown quite significantly over the last three or four months. It's not my beer intake; it's my cake and frothy coffees intake has gone up but <laughs> on over a stone since March. Uh, yeah, I've, I've lost six pounds of it back now, but it's good. that's decent. It's coming, it's coming off slowly. But yeah, we're going from lovely frothy coffees down to black coffee and no cake. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the frothy coffee stuff is now better. Yeah, we'll go. For, yeah, we used to buy a pack a week, and we'd have one in the evening. But then we're just, yeah, we'll have more like one, fair, like four or five a day because we're sitting. <laughs> You've been like a um, binge day series you can recommend, Phil? I um, I started The Sopranos for the first time. I'd I'd, I'd never watched it before, so uh, so I've done that for the first time over lockdown, and and obviously yeah. obviously yeah. loved it because it's uh, because it's sensational, and it's one of those where you're left wondering why you waited so long to uh, to watch it when everybody recommends it. But yeah, that's that's definitely been the highlight for me. Um, did all all six seasons in about three weeks or something stupid in the end, I think. Yeah, Sopranos has been on my list for years, and I just ne- have never got around to watching it. There's like Sopranos, Breaking Bad, all these brilliant shows. I've just yeah, never got around. Yeah, to watch definitely, it. definitely pull the trigger on the Sopranos. I uh, I had a whale of a time watching it. It's one of those where it's um, where it's the equal part sort of dramatic and gripping, but also like hilarious. And it was uh, it was much more sophisticated than I was expecting. I think as well. I thought it'd be a your typical sort of uh, mobster sort of violence and uh yeah. and that sort of thing but as like a a character study of, of them all i think it's really really interesting cool yeah. what about you just the usuals that everyone watched like tiger king and things like that uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I might, might just find some time to get them in but again sopranos is on my list of things to watch i've not got around to it yet but i'm sure yeah, if uh, well, brian's telling to watch. me that it's good i'll uh i'll give it a watch I tell you what, though, Tiger King feels like years ago now. Yeah. As soon as you right. said that, then I was like, bloody hell, that feels like that, feels like that happened in 2017. Yeah, yeah. March, yeah. March, wasn't it? Was it the March it came out? Was it? 
Yeah, it was pretty much straight away, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. right. <laughs> I, I've, I've lost all track of time. Like, I, I barely know what month it, we're in anymore. <laughs> or, like, what day it is. No, no concept of time yeah. anymore. Oh, how's come, James? It's still Friday tomorrow. I was like, oh, it's only one yeah. day left of the week. It's not. It's like two days left. <laughs> what about wrestling wise? Are you both wrestling fans? Or have you been watching much? Or, yeah, um... I've been keeping up with uh, as much as I can. Um, yeah. There's just that much to watch nowadays. Like you've got NXT, NXT UK, SmackDown, Raw, AEW, Impact. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then the odd like New Japan shows, things like that. There's just so much to kind of keep track of that. Did you stay in the new um, NXT UK arena? Yeah, that was me. Oh, looks yeah, so the quick clip of that looks really interesting. Yeah. Excited that that's getting going again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm chuffed, chuffed that that's back up and uh, it looks like a good setup. See, I really like this uh, Thunderdome if like people stop trying to spoil it. But mm. <laughs> it's, it's a good idea. I think it looks mint. It's definitely better. I, I found I found Raw and SmackDown in particular quite hard to watch when it was just in the performance center and there was no yeah. and there was no real crowd to speak of. I, uh, I I lost interest if I'm completely honest. So I kept kept in touch with the pay per views and and sort of read into the storylines a bit, so I knew what was going on. But the actual weekly shows I, I found quite difficult to watch and, and difficult to hold your attention. Um, NXT I didn't find too bad because that's always had a different feel anyway but I uh, unexpectedly I've, I've found myself enjoying AEW a lot more I, uh, I was excited when it came around but then for whatever reason I've, I've never really been hooked by the, the weekly shows and uh, you know, I've never really enjoyed it as much as I thought I would um, but then yeah I think during, during lockdown it's, it's coming to its own and I think it's uh, it's my go-to now it's the first one I watch when I sit yeah, down but- to watch me wrestling I think what the difference has been between the no fan era between the two is WWE. It sounds really, it's really rehearsed, and it drives me mad. The banging on the plexiglass. Whereas, yeah. Um, AEW, it, they're just being themselves around the edge, yeah. and yeah, and it just you, you know that Kevin Dunn's just telling uh, cheer now. Dude, yeah. This is awesome chance. Yeah. So like no. <laughs> Yeah, Although you so, do get the uh, you get the odd gem I, I found on uh, the WWE ones. There's, there seems to be like one rogue shout like every other <laughs> show or something. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I'm trying to remember some of them. Somebody shouted um, eye for an eye when uh, they were trying to decide a, a stipulation for another match recently. And uh, I think somebody uh, somebody shouted uh, Bask in his ass during the uh, Keith Lee match <laughs> yeah. recently as well. So you get like the odd, the odd rogue shout that's, uh, that's quite good fun. But you're absolutely right. It's uh, yeah, it does feel a bit, a bit corporate. Yeah, but they've done it where they've, they've shown the women booing, people booing, but then they're wearing a t-shirt of the wrestler. They're booing you like, What's that? yeah, <laughs> it's not right. it just doesn't make sense. It feels a bit like um, it feels a bit like when you're at training and there's a match at training, and uh, you just yeah. you just make all you make all the right noises in all the right places, um, sort of playing the part of the crowd. It feels a little bit like that. You're right where. You know when you're supposed to boo or cheer, so you boo or cheer more as a, a help to the guys in the ring than mm. uh, through any actual emotion or uh, or enjoyment. Are you both back in training now? Yeah, yeah. So now that um, we, we had a bit of a extra delay with like the Manchester lockdown and stuff, um, so yeah. that stopped us kind of training. Me more so, like working in the hospital, I have to be very careful like where I expose myself to and make sure I don't expose a risk to you know, the people training or 
like people in the hospital. Um, but now everything's kind of calmed down. Where the wave has been like uh, taken out of the lockdown rules, so we've, we've started going back to training and uh, obviously going to start upping that and getting ready for shows. Um, yeah, like while we've not had tr- much training, we've been both like taking parts in Zoom sessions with Fighting Spirit. Um, yeah. So like JD will have like Zoom classes and we'll all watch a match on the network together and he'll like break it down and teach us from, um, you know, like Eddie Guerrero matches, Rey Mysterio matches, things like that. You know, Chris Benoit, you know, I know we're not supposed to talk about him, but he was a pretty good wrestler. So <laughs> if, you can, if you can learn the wrestling bit from him, I think you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Have you have you found the tr- getting back into training? How was your first bump? Or do you want to go bump, first? Yeah, bump, bumps weren't too bad. Um, I think I think the bumps you get you get quite quickly back into the rhythm of it. You forget how much um, the ropes mess up your back when you uh, when you've not been doing it. I, yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I presume it's just you, your body gets used to it, or, or you build a bit of callus skin or, or scar tissue or whatever. But when you uh, particularly when you're running the ropes quite hard. If you've not done it in ages, uh, or, or like the first time you, you go to do it, you end up with uh, with a back that looks like you've been to see a dominatrix or something. Oh, wow. It's uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. You can't get you can't get away from it. Um, you just have these, these huge big red marks right the way across your back, and it it does look looks like you've been whipped or something, and you can't you can't avoid it really. I forgot about that. You have to come home and sort of explain. Uh, <laughs> explain that you have you have been wrestling. I've definitely been wrestling. Absolutely, definitely been wrestling. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the funny bit. It doesn't doesn't hurt or anything like that. It's just uh, <laughs> it's just very very noticeable. Uh, but actually, getting back into the swing of it, I think the uh, the first the first session I was absolutely blown up in terms of cardio. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've forgotten what cardio was to be honest during lockdown. I was still lifting weights a lot, but I wasn't doing much in terms of uh, of decent cardio work. And then we ran some drills, um, just like cardio drills and fitness drills. And I was blowing out my ass after about ten minutes. Oh. Um, yeah, as in as in a bad way, uh, and I think some of the others were as well. I think that's that's been the biggest shock. I think the bumps have all come okay, and uh, and even some of the things like uh, some like exchanging holds and things. You know, a lot of that sort of muscle memory, and it's it's quite nice that even even after a few months off, you still you still sort of have that in you, and and you, you move without thinking. Um, but yeah, the uh, the cardio side of it, and actually having to uh, actually having to do the drills and, and, and wrestle in the ring—that's that's been the worst part for me personally. Yeah, I'd agree with Ryan. It's the the bumping was surprisingly not too bad. Um, mm. It's it, it was the cardio. I'm not even sure I lasted ten minutes before I, I was boring. But oh, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd agree. It's, it's the cardio that's that's done me. In. Have you had a influx of new guys coming in? Yeah, the in again we'll not go into massive detail of why, but you know there was a mm-hmm. there was a movement and certain uh, schools closed down uh, for good reason. Uh, so yeah. a lot of their students have had to find new homes and have come to the schools that we train at because they're actually reputable and the trainers are decent. So uh, there has been quite a lot of people, and then mix that in with the like reduced sessions to make sure that we can distance and keep in partners like limited so for example me and uh ryan have teamed up so if we go training we'll only work with each other 
Um, so they're like yeah. some of the kind okay. of post like lockdown rules that have been put in place is we only work with the same partner in for the entire session. Oh um, yeah, that makes sense. So, Joe, because me and Ryan all Joe we're mates outside of wrestling as well as in it. Um, we've partnered up, so at training we'll train against each other, and we just kind of keep to to the two of us. Um, it's quite frustrating in a way as well because obviously um, we we mostly wrestle as a tag team, um, and you know over lockdown we've had ideas for for new moves and and uh, yeah. sequences and things like that that we we quite like to try out. But if it takes the two of us to do the move or, or to run the sequence. Uh, and then somebody else to, to be on the receiving end. It means we've not been able to put it into practice yet, and we've not been able to sort of get back in the ring and, and actually try it out. Because you know, as it is at the moment with the regulations, we're only really supposed to interact with each other. Yeah. Um, so we've 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 thought up all these ideas, and we've we've got you know notepads full of full of new moves and new things we want to try. But we can, uh, you know, we can only do the stuff that that, that is just like a one a one person move, and we can only do that to each other. Yeah. Um, so anything anything a bit clever or, or that involves sort of three or more people, we've not had the chance to do yet. But we're we're chomping at the bit to try and uh, try and start all these these new things and get and get all these new moves perfected. And and uh, yeah, just haven't had the chance. And I don't know when we will either. So that's that's been a little bit frustrating. But it just feels great being back in the ring. It, it feels great seeing your mates again as well. I think I didn't realise how much I missed everybody until uh, until I saw them all again. And I was like, yeah. oh, bloody hell, like, yeah, it's, it's been a long time since we've, we've all seen each other and it's, it's great, to, uh, great to be around again. But, yeah, it's really, really good to be back. Feels great. Cool. So, um, Leon, um, you're doing a charity walk soon, so let the listeners know about, about the cause you're doing it for and what happened. Yeah, uh, so I'm starting it tomorrow, obviously, from when we're recording this. When the podcast goes out, it'll, I'll probably have already completed it. Hopefully, yeah, we did yeah. it. Um, but yeah, we one of our friends from uh, from our like shoot job um, contracted COVID uh, quite early on, and oh, he ended wow. up uh, on life support. So they they told him that he had ten hours left to live. Uh, he had to say goodbye to like all his family over the phone, and then they put oh. him in a medically induced coma, and they said you're probably not going to wake up. Um, he was in. I think it was on a the ECMO machine for um, 33 days. Uh, to put it into perspective, I think before um, before him, the longest someone had been on the machine for was uh, three days. Oh, wow. Um, so that's how kind of bad it was. But that machine kept him alive. The staff that worked there at the hospital, obviously, were fantastic and managed to keep him alive. Uh, all stayed very positive and... Um, you know, somehow he's, he's managed to pull through. Uh, he's making a great recovery now. Um, it's all down to the care that the hospital gave him and how well they looked after him. Um, so the we've decided to do a walk from the hospital that he was at that saved his life, mm-hmm. which is in Manchester. Um, and we're going to walk um, to the top of Snowdon in Wales. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, we're taking like a scenic route around the coast as well. It's going to take about four days to complete it. Um, it's about like 120-odd miles. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, it's... 
a bit of a challenge. Like I'm, yeah. I keep looking at some of the maps. Like, I was going to say, if the weather's better for you than it is today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it is what it is. Like I can't back out now. Like people have donated money, so uh, I'm, I'm going to do it, whether it's a thunderstorm or what. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Do you know where you're? Uh... Oh, sorry. No, that's alright. Like I said, do you know where you're going to be sleeping? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a um, in Prestatin. We're stopping one day. Um, I think it's at Prestatin Sands. Uh, so they yeah. have like kindly donate as their donation to us for the cause. They've they're like allowing us to stay in one of the caravans for a night um, at oh, no amazing. charge. And they're gonna like give us some like food and stuff. Um, so they they've been great there. They've been really supportive and helpful, and uh, just making sure that we're safe and okay. We've got somewhere to rest up. Uh, that we've got thingy. I think they've got friends all around the area, like kind of in North Wales, and they're like telling their mates to, that we're doing this walk, and if anyone can help out. Uh, and then the other two were just like just hotels. So we found one in Chester for the first night, and then the. The last night is uh, we've gone a bit fancy and booked a, a room in a, an abbey in uh, in Lanroost. So oh, we're in this massive like abbey uh, in you know, probably covered in mud and rain and only wearing shorts probably. And uh, everyone, I'm expecting it all to be like Downton Abbey, and we're just yeah. going to turn up in uh, in waterproofs and uh, stinking probably. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it should, should be good. Uh, I'll post all the stuff on my social media, so if anyone's listening, wants to donate, it's for a good cause. We're, we're trying to um, raise money to get new machines for the hospital so that we can save more people's lives. Yeah, I'll put links to, to it in the descriptions if anybody wants to donate. Yeah. So, nice one. That reminds me, mate, my uh, my mum's given me some cash to hand over to you, so oh. I'll, uh, I'll pass that on next time I see you. Lovely, lovely. Amazing. Tell her, yeah, tell her, tell her thank you. Um, Ryan, Ryan's mum is the biggest mate to last one. Like, yes, amazing. She, she, uh, she likes like pretty much everything. Everything you post on Instagram, I think she likes. Yeah, she, uh, yeah. she posted a photo of a newspaper clipping, um, all about fighting spirit, um, on her on her Instagram the other day. I mean, she's just, uh, I mean, she just loves it, and she's made up to be honest. This is the infamous Cameron Solis, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. So who was your favourite wrestler growing up? Um, growing up, uh, probably Sting. I um, yeah. I got I got into WCW uh, way before I was in WWE. Um, mostly because on um, on Old Sky, Cartoon Network turned into um, TNT. Yes. At like 10 or 11 in the evening. And so I'd been watching cartoons and left the room. And then I walked back in and uh, and it was Sting um, coming down from the uh, the rafters to, to the back of the NWO with a baseball bat. And I yeah. was like, oh, man, this is fucking cool. Um, and that was, that was me then. And then, you know, being sort of, yeah, young enough to... Uh, young enough to really be into it and, and, and to, to really sort of believe in a character. Uh, that's what that's what gripped me to to begin with, and then, like you say, I was always a always a WCW guy growing up. So, uh, you know, Jericho's, Rey Mysterio's, Billy Kidman, um, all those all those guys really uh, really drew me in and, and made me fall in love with it. And then I loved Kevin Nash as well. Uh, I don't think that's cool anymore. I don't think you're allowed to love Kevin Nash. 
Uh, but I, I thought he was brilliant and loved watching him on TV and uh, and believed everything he ever said. And and he seems yeah. to be a decent guy on uh, on the socials these days as well. He uh, he seems to fight all the right causes and uh, and that's always nice as well because a lot of the time you, particularly in wrestling, I think there's there's a lot of people with with big opinions and they're all they're all the wrong ones. Um, so to see somebody from from back then, that had a, a bit of a bad reputation backstage. Actually, being a pretty pretty sound guy on social media is uh, is quite nice. So, yeah, I'd say Sting was always my biggest one growing up. The face being the baseball bat coming down yeah. from the ceiling. Yeah. You know, as young as a young person falling in love with wrestling, that's exactly what you want to see. Something a bit mad, something a bit different. This weird yeah, weird character that uh, is larger than life. That was that was what drew me in definitely. What about you, Leon? Yeah, so similar to Ryan. Um, Growing up, I was more kind of into WCW than the like WF at some points. Uh, I, I got into it early enough where my favourite was like Macho Man. Uh, I think just because of all his bright colours and how he had a different outfit on. Yeah, match, every yeah time. Macho Man. Macho yeah. Man's but my favourite. Big, yeah. big, big Macho Man yeah. fan. Since, since the late eighties, I've always yeah. been a huge Macho Man fan. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just, that's that's kind of it. Like, <clears throat> he just stood out with how bright his outfits were and everything. Um, so big Macho Man fan at first and then as I started getting a bit older I just watched more WCW it was the cruiserweights again that had kind of attracted me uh, so like Ryan was saying Jericho uh, Joe Hooventude Rey Mysterio Psychosis all those guys like you're watching them and suddenly someone's being thrown like 20 foot across the ring and is absolutely fine or they'd be doing like seven flips and things like that Billy Kidman hitting the shooting star press yeah. I, I was just absolutely amazed by it all. And I mean, Joe, that kind of reflects into my style of wrestling myself is uh, I take those kind mm. of high flying risks a bit more um, because I was, you know, I've, I've kind of grown up watching the WCW Cruiserweight division. It's crazy. I, uh, I've watched a lot of it back um, since since we got the network and, and since you can watch all the old nitros and stuff, I've watched loads of those matches back, the old cruiserweight stuff that I fell in love with. And it's yeah, amazing yeah. Uh, how many botches there are. Like by, by today's standards, you'll yeah. be watching like a two or five live match and it's all pretty seamless. So you watch Ricochet and and you know, he does he does crazy, crazy things. It's you know, taking it a step on from what those guys were doing it. But he does it all perfectly. And you know, obviously there's there's the odds, there's the odd botch every now and again, but you go and watch some of those um, some of those cruiserweight matches from the mid nineties, and uh, some of them are terrible. Some of them are absolutely terrible. <laughs> I, watched a, uh, I watched a UV one, and um, I can't remember who was against off the top of my head, but he botched a uh, he went for a springboard, uh, a springboard finisher or something, and he completely botched it, fell, yeah. fell into yeah. the ring, and then just hit like a standard like standing leg drop. And got the pin, and I was like, "Oh, you'd never get away with that today, like the internet no. never stopped talking about that now." Um, honestly, some some of it's really funny. Like, obviously, they they, they set the scene and they, uh, you know, they introduce that style to to American audiences and, and global audiences, and and uh, and that's to be to be commended. But it, it's crazy to think how uh, how much slicker it is now, and and how much more. Uh, almost perfect it is now comparatively and you know it's not as fresh and it's not as exciting which is why you can watch a you know for example like a Tony Nese is is a good example of somebody who's who's pretty much flawless in the ring like he he does everything absolutely brilliantly mm. 
or you watch his match and it's, it's not quite as exciting as it was watching, say, Psychosis in, in 96 or 97, even though he's probably, you know, misstepping all over the place and slipping on the ropes and things like that. It's, it's an interesting comparison. The product we've got now, by by comparison, is, is almost perfect. Um, and we maybe take that for, for granted sometimes, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. It's probably, it's probably, yeah, it's probably because it's so slick that we don't find it as interesting. True, true. And I think we've 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 seen most things before as well, haven't mm. we? There's, you know, there's there's only so many combinations of, of flips and and dives and things you can do. And uh, yeah, watching it watching it in sort of ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, it was something you'd never seen before, really. And then watching it now, it's it's something that you've seen a thousand times before. So to really grab you and to really get your attention, it's got to be something, something really good and really new and really interesting. And I mean, that, that's funny. One of the ways I uh, when I tell people why, like why it is I like wrestling and 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 what what grabs me when I'm watching it, because obviously you know we we've all watched we've all watched wrestling for for decades now, and and we've all seen a million matches probably. Um, but then that that time you see something new that you've not seen before, it still just blows your brain and like something that you've not been able to predict and you've not seen coming. And then he, you know somebody turns. You win there when Matt Seidel did the shooting star press and Orson caught him with the RKO, and you're like, oh yeah, this still gets me like yeah, something cool true. like that. This still grabs me every time and it's brilliant. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, and the cruiserweights on the um, WCW it was only like a. 10 20 minutes of the whole show, but now even in the main events, everyone's a lot smaller and they have a cruiserweight style anyway, so it's not as special, I don't think. Whereas yeah, I think you're go, right. Go back, yeah, and, and, yeah. Whereas 90% of the show is big lumber and people just hitting each other on the back <laughs> to have these like 10, 10 15 minutes of just excitement, it's just stood out against all the Hulk Hogan's, uh, Kevin Nash's, Scott Hall's, the people who are like that's all the top guys in WCW are probably in. The forties, where you have these yeah. Yeah, exciting cruiserweights. Yeah, yeah, that's a great contrast. <laughs> what about um, when you started training? Did you have an idea of a character you wanted to like? Wanted to be? So I definitely did. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. Uh, so uh, originally, like, I was um, gonna be wrestling under like a different moniker. So I was gonna have uh, Ricky Nitro as my as my name. Like I've just used it for everything, uh, like since I can remember. Um, and yeah. then I was thinking, like the Nitro coming from like being a WCW fan, and then remembering obviously Johnny Nitro did the exact same thing. I was like, oh no, maybe I can't use that. Um, so I was like, come up with a different idea, and I had this idea where um, I wanted to be an alien. So I was gonna, <laughs> yeah. So. I was gonna get like proper like masks and costume and everything. Like I designed it all. Um, I was gonna like base everything around being an alien. And I just thought like it'd be so easy to kind of be a face or a heel, no matter like what yeah. company wanted you to be. So it's like, oh, I need a face. I can do that. And you you just come out as the alien and as a face. You're like, oh my god, I've I've come to planet Earth to uh, because it's the only planet that has professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is the best, best sport in the world. Nice. And you'll proper cheap pop the crowd. And yeah. if you're on kids' shows especially, they'll eat that up. And then, you know, the same other way around. They want you to be a heel. Um, you just go, all right, okay, come out. Oh, I've come to Planet Earth to destroy professional wrestling because it's rubbish. And then everyone's, boo, I love professional wrestling. Go, no, it's rubbish. I'm going to kill everyone. And, you know, 
Uh, so I had all this. I was thinking, oh my god, this is gold. I'm I'm set yeah. here. So I just need a new name. So I come up with the Leon Gray name to kind of sound like an alien. Uh, Gray being like Gray's yeah. the, the alien nicknames, and um, got had it all. And I was set. Like I'm contacting uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely doing this. Maroon with this idea. So this is gold. I'm going to get loads of bookings off this. Um, and then, like, I run it by, um, like, Zach, Zach Gibson and uh, Joey Hayes. And yeah. uh, both of them straight away went, oh, yeah, yeah, good, good idea. Don't wear a mask. I was like, all right, okay. Uh, why? They're going, uh, just get a mask and train in it and see if you still want to wear a mask. I was like, right. I'm like, I definitely want to wear a mask. I've, I've definitely decided, you know, want to be one of these WCW yeah. like Lucha dogs that, that I've been watching. <laughs> and um, again, got a, got a mask. Uh, tried it on at training. Absolutely hated it. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to like Joe, just kind of ruin your your dreams and your your idea. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's hard work wrestling in a mask. I was like, oh yeah, I weren't weren't too much of a fan. I was adjusting it too much. So anyone wrestling in a mask, you know. Well done to you. It's it's a nightmare. Uh, so not that on the head. And then the, uh, I, I was just like, should I just be like cool and tattoo? I am. Um, I'm quite a likable guy anyway. So we just uh, like decided I wanted to do tag team stuff. I've, I've like quickly realised actually I really like tag team wrestling. When I think back of all my favourite matches, Joe, the Steiner brothers, uh, Harlem yeah. Heat. Joe, it's just all tag teams, Legion of Doom, British Bulldogs. And it took me quite a while until I was training to like really quick of actually uh, all my favourite stuff is like tag teams and the WCW Luchadors. And I was like, oh, right, okay. And then obviously met Ryan at at training and we we decided quite early on that we fancied being a tag team. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just didn't quite pan out um, that way from training uh, I'm not sure why whether like Zach and JD had different ideas for us or something I'm not sure uh, and they just got to a point where it was like ah, so we're, we're being a tag team let's just get matching gear made and we just put ourselves out there as a tag team and you know, it seems to seems to be working It's a funny one we um, we first had it suggested to us by um, by Gibbo I think I think he was yeah. the first one that mentioned it to me quite, quite early doors before before either of us had made that debut, he'd sort of said, like, we look we look quite good together. We, you know, we're aesthetically quite similar in, in ways. We're about the same height, same colour hair. We both got tattoos. Um, so we, we do look like we we are repairing, I guess, in, in, in that regard. And it was it was him that sort of first said it. And then um, nothing really came of that for a while. And... Yeah, we made our debut separately, and we 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 did different things. I had a, a tag team going in fighting spirit with Joe Bolton. Um, yeah, and we, yeah, we did different different directions, and and Leon was in a, a number of really really good matches on fighting spirit cards, uh, where he got to sort of showcase what he can do, uh, jumping about basically, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and then yeah, we uh, we ended up teaming on. Um, on a show in Leeds quite, quite spontaneously. We, we both been booked on the show and then we, I think we pretty much got there and got told that we were going to be teaming up and, um, and it was great. It was great news. It was something that we, we'd, we'd both thought about for a while. We'd, we'd done it a few times in training. So we had a couple of, a couple of go-to moves that we, uh, we, we'd done through training together. Um, 
and then yeah, that 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 seemed to click and it seemed to work. And uh, I think I think it was just a good a good energy about it all. So we 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 carried on we carried on doing that and and we sort of thrown ourselves into it um, over the last year or so. Really sort of committed to uh, to that being what we want to do. Cool. So how do your um, like individual styles complement each other in the ring then? I think I think they go together perfectly, um, and I know I'm going to be biased. Uh, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know Leon said before that me Mars the uh, the biggest made to last fan going, but it might be me. I might beat her to it. Yeah. <laughs> it really runs in the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I think we go together really well because uh, we're both we're both af- like naturally athletic guys. So we get in there and and, and we're able to do things pretty, pretty much straight away. And and Leon's got a a, a real high flying style that I've never been able to master, and I, I always admired. Obviously, talking before about the cruiserweights, I've always loved that style. But you know, can I can I ball springboard? I've tried, and I, and I absolutely <laughs> can't. Um, so he does he does all those things that I really like, and then um, I I basically just pick people up and slam them. Um, yeah. So it's it's a good combination. I you know I'm. In the gym all the time, I'm, I'm I'm quite strong in that regard, but but also I can you know I can jump, I can move, I can I can move fast, uh, and between the two of us, we've you know we we've got that that sort of side of it covered, the athletic side of it covered, and then it's just little little finesse, little little bits of difference where we we go in slightly different directions. Obviously, Leon's Leon's doing a lot of the high flying stuff really well. I'm I'm doing some of the more powerful powerful moves and stuff. And, We've come together and combined them quite well as a team. A lot of our double team moves sort of are, are, are quite simply. I'll I'll pick people up and, and and Leon will come off the uh, off the ropes or off the turnbuckles or you know fly fly into them and and we've yeah we've we've been able to to use both of our strengths really well as a team. I think there's there's some stuff that we've been doing that uh, that I'm really excited for for more and more people to see as as we start getting out there a bit more, but. Yeah, I think we, uh, we we blend together really well, I reckon. Uh, again, I would uh, have to agree. Uh, it, it helps <laughs> as well having our trainers being Joe Zach Gibson and James Drake signed to yes. WWE, arguably one of the best tag teams in the world at the moment. Um, so when we're wanting to be tag teams, who better to learn from? Uh, we're training with Sam Bailey at Future Shock as well. Uh, he's been in a number of like great tag teams, successful tag teams, mm-hmm. uh, and they're just all between three of them to just really understand what we want, cover all bases with like Phil's power, and my speed, and try and make us the most kind of well-oiled and balanced team that we can we can possibly be. Gibbo has been great I, with I me. Have... I was yeah. just gonna say Gibbo has been great with me in particular as well because he. Um... He's been wrestling for so long, and and he's he's got such a such a huge uh, move set in his in his head and in his mind. He, he can do so many things, and he and he's developed over the years to, to where he is now. But what you find is a lot of the guys who've been doing it for a long time have, have sort of had moves in the past that they cast aside, and they they sort of progressed on from them. Uh, but Gibbo's been great to sort of saying, "Oh yeah, I, I I used to do this like eight years ago, but I don't really do it anymore." If you tried doing this, um, try this one out. Try this one out. So, so a lot of the the moves that I I started with um, in training, and you, and you try and develop your own move set, and you try and develop your own character. A lot of yeah. the things I started with almost came straight from from Gibbo saying, "Oh yeah, I used to do this one, and 
and then you take it and you try and you know you try and change it a little bit and you try and work around and make it into something that's your own. But I think um, I think he's like, he's had such a such a big influence on on that side, particularly sort of developing moves and and the way the way I work. And um, I'm similar with JD, where we, we had a bit of a kind of not a bet competition kind of thing at training mm-hmm. where it'd just be seeing who could do the most stupid flips and stuff. And you know, what you see of JD on screen is only a fraction of what he's able to do when we're training with him. And he's Joe is springboarding rather in like the best yes. of them. Um, and he just doesn't put that into his move set because, you know, he's got his move set. He doesn't want to be too much of it, but he can do, he can do absolutely everything. And uh, it turned into like a bit of a competition of, oh, uh, you can't do that. I'm like, well, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to add an extra spin in. And he's like, no, you can't. You can't do that. And I'd do it. And then he'd get annoyed and he'd have to do it. And uh, <laughs> So he'd, he'd push me more to like the, the high-flying side, whereas, like say, Zach has been helping Ryan with the, the powerhouse side of things. So, uh, yeah, it works. Yeah, it wasn't until I saw Sam Bailey live I realised how good he was. I've seen him quite a bit on video, but he was at Wrestle Island team of Sugar Dunkerton. Late eighteen, oh, and he's, yeah, just, just yeah, soon, soon, just charisma, just flowing off him. Yeah, you want you want to see him in training as well. Um, yeah. I think that's that's when I I really really started to begin to understand just how just how good he was. He's He's so slick in training, and he can tie you up in a, in a hundred different ways. And um, yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll show you counters to counters to counters, uh, but like really exciting ones as well. And um, we we were training the other day with him, and you know he's obviously everybody knows like a, a number of different wrist lock counters and things like that. But he was he was showing you ones that made you sort of like stand back and smile and be like, oh bloody hell, that's great. Um, and then you're practicing yourself, and you're like, "Ah, oh, this is so smooth, and it it fits so well." And and yeah, you, I, I don't think I, I don't think I had had a really good appreciation of of just how how talented and knowledgeable he is until uh, until you spend a few hours with him in the in the gym, and you you see what he what he can do is is crazy. He's so slick, um, chain wrestling, and, and he's he's so slick. It's really impressive. Yeah, I saw Zach Gibson years and years ago in an All Star show, and he, he was in a six man tag. He was teamed with Dean Ormark and James Mason against uh, Gangrel, Thunder, <laughs> and Nathan Cruz. So it's quite a random match, but he stood out, <laughs> even though he was just, he, must have, he wasn't the I am number one, uh, Liverpool's number one quite yet. He was, he was yeah. playing face, but he, he did. Standout. He wasn't like the standout in that match. And I've always remembered him ever since. And it's quite funny the photo of him and my son afterwards, and he's got hair, and he's, yeah, he just looks dead weird these days. <laughs> you see how he is now. So. Was he Zach Gibson then, or was he uh, was he Diamond? He was Zach Gibson. He got introduced oh, yeah. to Zach Gibson. So yeah, just before it was just before he started getting his big goatee and get shaved his head and become Liverpool's number one. Because next time I saw him, he was Liverpool's number one, which is certainly wasn't that long after that. Where did the Made to Last team name come from? It's quite an unusual one. Uh, that was from me. So um, Made to Last was, it's actually a song name. I'm not even sure if I've uh, ever told this to uh, Ryan. So <laughs> you, you can uh, you can learn the, the origin of that <laughs> at the same time. Uh, so it's, it's a song name of a song that I 
kind of really connected uh, with the lyrics too. Um, and uh, it was just a, a meaningful song to me at the time. And um, I decided to like have that as kind of my moniker of um, like Joe, Joe, like a, a kind of a nickname, Joe made to last Leon Gray. Um, yeah. So in like some of the early photos you might see in like my pre kind of tag team gear, I've still got the made to last like writing and on my gear, everything on t-shirts. Um, and then when we're paired together with, with Ryan, um, I just put it forward as a suggestion for the team name because I just felt that it fit for us as well. You know, in in my head, like this isn't kind of kayfabe being in character, like oh we'll never uh, split up. But I, I I genuinely I don't want to split up and not be in, no. a, in a tag team with Ryan. Like our goal is to uh, push forward as a tag team. We we don't want we're not really looking for okay let's be a tag team until we get some steam and then one of us can turn on the other and we can have great singles careers and that that isn't what we want we, we want no. to be a tag team um so the made to last name kind of then morphed into being for us of you know, the team is literally made to last we don't want to be a flash in the pan yeah we'll be a tag team for a bit and then we'll move on we, we want to be together you know if people book us singly then you know, it is what it is. We're probably going to still take bookings as, uh, as a single. But, like, <laughs> Money's money, time, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, John. And I'm not going to like be bitter at him if he goes, I've got a singles booking. I'll, I'll be right there with my mate's last T-shirt on in the yeah. crowd, cheering yeah. him on and supporting him the same as he does if I get a singles booking. But we, we want tag team bookings. We want to go ahead as a tag team. We want to progress as a tag team. We don't want to be... We, we're not two singles guys tagging together to try and just think, oh, well, we'll do this for a bit. We, we want to be mm. a tag team. We want the gear to match. We want to look like a team. We want all the moves to match. We know what each other are thinking at every time. We want to be the most well-oiled team we can be. And, you know, I, I don't see, I don't envision my kind of wrestling future not being in a tag team and, you know, not being with Ryan. That is how I want my, my career to go, in a tag team with Ryan and take the team as far as we can go. Is so. it um, by issues the song? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the that's yeah, the song. So there was, a, there was only two songs I could think of called Made to Last. There was one by Issues and one by Semisonic. I was like, it was either going to be Made to Last or Secret Smile. They were the two tag teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh, I basically just listened to Issues is my problem. So yeah. if, if the band isn't Issues, I've probably not heard of them. It's either Issues or like really, really bad white guy emo rap. That's, that's the other thing that you listen to a lot. Yeah, my, 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 hey. my 15-year-old stuff. I'll tell everyone. That, that, that <laughs> bit was meant to be uh, just between me and Ryan. Uh, so if anyone's listening, I don't listen to whiny, uh, white emo rap at all. That's, that's, that's a lie. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt Davis, and you're listening to Broken Book Glorious. So, since we've ha- you've had your last show, we've had the Black Lives Matters movements, we've had speaking out movements. How do you feel Brit Rest is going to be different when we're returning? Hopefully, there'll be quite a few less uh, assholes about, should we say? Mm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Good. Good. I think. Um... I think it's one of those where the 
I mean, the speaking out movement in particular, because it was obviously um, very explicitly about wrestling. Um, I think that that was a harrowing few days, to be honest. It was, it was, uh, yeah. it, was really, it was a really difficult few days, and, and obviously we, we're all we're all mates, and um, and we've got a lot of uh, uh, sort of WhatsApp groups or or whatever else going on, and. And I think for everybody who, who sort of sat there reading it, we none of us could tear ourselves away from our phones. And you know, I I've said before to, to some of the lads, but like that that first night after it came out, I didn't sleep. I yeah, uh, I was just glued to my phone and and just couldn't couldn't get to sleep, couldn't switch my mind off. And uh, and obviously, obviously, what the uh, what the girls did, who who've come out and spoke out, and and, and some of the some of the girls who've been involved in. In organising things and liaising and, and and everything they've done is is so impressive and you know absolutely full of admiration for uh, for a lot of the people involved and you know at the time and, and and even more so now you just hope that it leads to to an environment that's that's better that's just better for pro wrestling that people feel comfortable in that people can can partake in without. Um, you know, without feeling like they're vulnerable to, to people trying to take advantage of them in, in whatever way. Um you know, we're all we're all very hopeful that that that's, that's the pro wrestling world that we go back to. Um, you know, how it how quick all changes happen or uh or, or whatnot will be uh will be one of those that'll all come out in the wash when when shows start running again. But I think from from me and Leon's point of view, we you know, we trained with a lot of the girls who were coming forward, we've done shows with a lot of the girls who are coming forward, you know, some of them are, are close friends, some of them are, are, are mates, um, some of them are, are people, you know, we, we see at shows and uh, we're, we're dead proud of them and, and, you know, they've got our full encouragement and and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we're going back to a wrestling a wrestling world where everybody feels comfortable and, and everybody's safe. I mean, that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, them them first two days, I think I was just looking up hashtag speaking out every twenty minutes because it's just some harrowing stories coming out of you. Ladies and gentlemen, this the butterfly of British wrestling, MJ Max, and you're listening to Broken but Glorious Wrestling Podcast. Um, it's probably going to be my last question, but it's probably a biggie. So, if you were promoters for a day promoting a show, so using wrestlers you've either worked with or trained with, wrestlers that are associated to you in some way. If I give you a match type between you, can you tell me who you'd put in that match? I don't know if you want to do one sure, guy yeah. each. Or, yeah, yeah, great. Okay. Cool. So, you, you, well, cool. well, Ryan, if you pick the first person, I'll pick the opponent. All right, sound, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. All right, so who would be in your opening contest to get the crowd excited? Ah, it's Bailey. I know we, we, we've just, we just uh, spoke about him at length there. Um, yeah. So it feels like a bit of an obvious pick, but... I've uh, I've done an opening an opening match with Sam Bailey, uh, so I sat down with him and and listened to him uh, explain the different aspects and how important different things are. So I, I know firsthand uh, exactly how he thinks about it and, and and the way his mind works for for an opening contest. And and sort of having had that experience, I'd uh, I'd back him to do it to do it every time. And you know, like you were saying yourself before, Chris, he's he's so charismatic and he's such a big character that he's somebody who's gonna who's gonna excite the crowd straight away. He'd probably be yeah. working heel, um, so he'd have he'd have people booing him straight away because he always does, and he'd have uh, he'd have the crowd gripped straight away, no doubt about it. 
Amazing. <laughs> and I'd put him against uh, probably Tom Felwell. So Felwell, oh, wow. again, is a you know, great, great lad. Um, they've had I didn't realise how young he was. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a kid. Uh, he's only, he's, he just turned 18, or I can't remember. Uh, I should know. I, I adopted still him as my son. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, sh- I should know that, but I don't. I, I thought yeah, I thought he was in his early 20s. I didn't realise he was still a, a teenager yeah, until yeah, recently. Yeah, he's still so. a teenager. But yeah. I've seen that match at the Future Shock, um, Sam Bailey and Tom Thelwell. Wow. And Joe, it was a great match. And every, every time I see uh, Tom, he just seems to be improving. Um, Joe, I've seen his recent pictures with um, his, his giant Nush and his... Um, like the working out stuff that he's doing as a personal trainer and he's gaining like phenomenal shape as well now. Um, so I just think kind of there's no limit for, for Tom. I think he's going to be a, a big, a big star one day. And, um, you know, he, he'll just work well with, uh, with Sam because who doesn't? Sam's great. Felwell as well, uh, is, is a great guy to have backstage too. Um, if you're ever if you're ever on a show with him, or you know whether you do a ring crew, or, or you're actually working the show, or you're sort of hanging out with him backstage somewhere else, he's um, he's somebody who brings everybody together really well as well. Everybody likes to uh, to sort of make fun of him and yeah, and, uh, and have little little digs at him and stuff like that, but in in a really good way. And and he's brilliant for it. He acts up to it. He uh, he encourages it a bit, and he, he almost plays a bit of a character sometimes when you're just hanging out. He's he's a great lad to have around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is having. Yeah, I'm guessing having this like six months off has been like great. It's gonna be amazing coming back because everybody's had the chance to like mess up the bodies, get rid of them little niggling injuries they've had, and they've all been able. You'll be able to because you've had six months. You could make little tweaks to the characters that you've maybe what's been working well, what hasn't been working well in the last year or so, where you've had you can completely focused I'm really excited for when Brett Rest comes back just because everyone's from what I've seen so many people have got in phenomenal shape <laughs> yeah Ethan Allen yeah, is, is a great example Ethan Allen yeah. looks looks incredible he, uh, the, the, the weight he's put on but obviously in, in a really positive way the, the guy's huge like he's um, you know he, he's obviously always been uh, always been destined for big things and, and he still very much mm-hmm. is but but the, the dedication that he's he's put into transforming his body is is crazy and, and something to be admired. Absolutely. I think as if you think of yourselves as artists, coming back for your first match, you're gonna want it to be amazing. <laughs> so, so I reckon the first cards are just gonna be yeah, everybody's creative juices going into it. It's gonna be so yeah. fun, and everyone's yeah, gonna get in a little shape. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everyone will end up injured because they're just gonna give like Joe absolutely everything like the full beans in the first match uh, mm. which where everyone's just going to be blowing and everyone everyone will just get injured because they're just gonna yeah. they're gonna they're gonna like feel like they've got to get the last six months into one match uh, you're, yes. you're just gonna get everyone <laughs> getting battered that, that first show that first show everybody goes to they're gonna see like a hundred moves they've never seen before because everybody's going to have been doing the exact same thing, just sat, sat at home for six months watching wrestling, trying to trying to dream up new moves and mm. and like picking up picking up the dog or picking up the cat, and trying to see how they can how they can slam him in a new way and stuff like that. Like my my girlfriend's <laughs> sick to the back teeth of me because I just keep like calling her over and being like, right, okay, just stand there and then we'll we'll pick you up like this. <laughs> like 
it's been like six months of that for her, and she's um, and she must be sick of it now. So she's she's really glad the training started again. But yeah, that that first show back, everybody's everybody's in for a treat, I think, because there's going to be there's going to be so much thing like so much stuff that people have been working on, thinking about. You know, I know um, yeah. Joe Bolton's been talking to me a little bit about some of the character work he's been doing um, over the six months, and I think he's he's going to do some really interesting stuff. I'm really excited to see what he comes out with, but. That'll be like a, a complete character overhaul from from what I hear. So I think you're, you're exactly right. There's going to be there's going to be new things galore when it when it all gets going again. Yeah, I've, I've speak as yeah, nearly everybody I've spoken to is they maybe not got a full on new gimmick, but they're making quite significant changes to their their look or their moveset or just or a complete overhaul of the. On some people have gone into go down a darker route with maybe the, like um, David Grant. I think he's more southern based he wants to go down like a darker he's quite a comedy big guy wrestler he's wanting to go down like a darker route now because he's got well into anime during, oh, <laughs> during <yeah>. lockdown <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah sounds right. good cool so back to your card so what would be your comedy match do you want to go first this time or do you want me to go first again there I'll, I'll 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 go first uh, yeah go ahead gotta be big guns joe on it uh yes you know, definitely the, the the most entertaining like wrestler around in the northwest at the moment. Uh, again, absolutely love the guy. You, it, it's one of those. Even when he's like playing the heel, um, like I, 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 I can't help myself. But if you if you see me just around, if I'm ring crewing, if I'm Joe watching the match from backstage, if I'm just yeah. in the crowd, wherever I, wherever I am, if Joe is on, I can't help but smile and like. You you look around and you'll find me in pictures. I'm just in the background. I have the biggest grin on my face. I just find his entire character hilarious. Like one of the first kind of um, like Brit rest um, shows I went to, like of recent memory, where I've started really getting into the British scene again. Was like a mm. GPW show um, near where I live, and um, Big Joe was at come out. I didn't know him at the time. And like instantly, I just thought, like, what a great character! It reminded me of, like Mickey from Seamus, uh, yeah, Shameless, and like, <laughs> I, I just, I just thought it was such a great character. And he's Joe over the last couple of years, like with the help of Joe Sam Bailey, Zach Gibson, James Drake, uh, Chris Brooker, they've put a lot into like his character building of being that character, and he's so phenomenal at playing that character, and. Uh, Joe is hilarious. He's he's just yeah, it's just great. He's definitely my comedy pick. Gotta be yeah. big Joe. Yeah, that was the the, the TNT exhibition show in February. That was the first time I've ever seen a work face. Yeah. So it was weird weird not booing him and Shelton t- singing tiny tiny Joe at him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's, I think he's got to do it's one of those where like it was it was the heel, so you'd you'd kind of boo him and mock him. Uh, but mm-hmm. then that's kind of the point and it got to the point where it was so fun to like mock him that yeah. he actually was like no you know what he's he's like he's completely sold me to want to join in and he's like he's sucked me in as a fan and like you know you, you've got all the the like the, the fans who you know they, they think they know how it is and they know what's going on and they can call mm-hmm. like they can read the match better than the wrestlers can and they think they know everything and then like you just see that actually no you're you're playing right into joe's hands he's got his character so spot on 
that even you who thinks you know what you're doing are yeah. playing right into his hands and you're doing exactly what he wants. And Joe, it's just, he's amazing. He's just such a good, such a good character, such a good guy as well. Like, absolutely nothing bad to say about Big Joe. He worked the match against uh, Zach Gibson at Future Shark. Um, is it Fairfield Social Club? I can't remember when it was. It might have been a year or so ago now. And he was still um, he was still heel at the time. He was still very much a heel. But obviously Gibbo, uh, Gibbo is a heel everywhere, but nowhere nowhere more so than in Manchester. Yeah, and yeah. Um, there was quite like an organic babyface reaction to Joe at that show. And, and it, it spoke to what Rick was talking about there. Sorry, Leon was talking about that. Where um, everybody just... Everybody had been so keen to see him on shows and so keen to to, to chant the uh, the stuff making fun of him that they'd grown such a such an affection for him that, that when he was in there with a heel, he got like the biggest baby face pop you've ever seen and it was brilliant and it was, yeah. it was so organic and it was it was so natural and it wasn't something where they'd they'd been building it for a while. It was literally he was a he was a heel but he was working against a heel and, and everybody sort of let their natural love for his character sort of turned into a baby face reaction and it was uh yeah it was brilliant um as far as the uh the match goes if we're talking if we're talking comedy um i've seen them work before but in a very interesting match uh the frog and bucket but i'm gonna go with mad kurt um obviously yeah. he is he's somebody who, who like joe is is tearing it up at the moment and uh, and really doing well and really getting out there. Um, mm. We were at, yeah we were at the Schadenfreude show at the Frog and Bucket where they worked a I can't even remember two out of three falls sort of match, but it was a, a press up contest um, yes. and then there was a bread eating contest. I can't remember what else <laughs> what else was involved in it, but uh, I'd, I'd really like to see them work a match together. Obviously Joe's Joe's gimmick being that he's um, you know, he's the biggest guy around, the henchiest guy around, and a mad Kurt being somewhat of a of a slender guy. Uh, I mean, there'd, there'd be magic there, and and they've both got big personalities, big characters, big mouths on them. I mean, that would be uh, that'd be a match made in heaven. Yeah, no, it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> what about a, a women's title match. Oh, you, you know, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I'll jump in. Um, yeah, ooh, women's title. I uh, I think Tonga's brilliant. Yes. I do. I just think she's. I think she's. She's great. Um, she's. You know. She. She's. Yeah, like you say. She's lovely. She's. She's a really nice person. But I think she's. Um, got such a presence and a latest set of gear is is phenomenal and, and plays into her character really well. I think I've. Uh, I've taken friends to shows that I've worked that she's been on as well, and and sort of everybody's always really impressed and always. Uh, always got positive things to say about her afterwards and that's people who, are, who may not necessarily be into wrestling but she leaves an impression because she's, she's got such a good character um, and she looks cool like I think that's that's quite a simplistic way of looking at wrestling but if somebody looks cool and, and you think they're cool then you sort of like it and you, and you come away yeah. feeling yeah. feeling positively about them um, yeah she, she's done some good stuff that, I, that I've seen uh, stuff with Chase Alexander and GPW it was quite good fun as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think she's going to have a, a big a big twenty twenty one when everything gets back going again. But yeah, I just think she sounds um, and, and she, yeah, she's uh, she's she's one of the women that I'm I'm excited to see what happens with. 
Yeah, definitely. So uh, I was also going to pick Tonga. So if we can kind of <laughs> do some kind of Undertaker versus Undertaker <laughs> and just have Tonga versus Tonga. Well, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd pick her, put, put her against herself. <laughs> uh, no, uh, if, if, if can I pick? I'd probably say Holly Barwell then. Uh, again, seeing them yeah. work at yeah. um, Future Shock against each other and it's, again, such a natural organ- organic fit that you've got Tonga as the Joe, the I'm better than you kind of pretty girl um, who like, just makes you completely believe that that is her. Like, I, it, it doesn't seem like a character. You just watch her and you're like, like she, she plays that role so well. You just think that is just her being her. Uh, she, she's lovely, really. But she's so good at that character. And then you've got Holly, who is like the most innocent kind of job, the, the most baby face you can possibly get against yeah. Tonga. And then the, just the comparison really works well. Um, and again, every time I see Holly, she just seems to be getting better and better, more comfortable in the ring, more comfortable with the character coming out of the shell more. Um, so I'd probably pick yeah, Holly and uh, Holly Barlow versus Tonga. Yeah, I need to see more of Holly. I've only, I've only seen her in a rumble, so she's only in the oh, ring yeah. a couple of minutes. Oh, uh, a hardcore extreme rules stipulation type match. Uh, I've got to go first. Uh, I'll go with. See, it's it's gonna sound like we're just picking all our mates here, <laughs> but, but like, like we kind of are because we we train with them all the time, and yeah. you know, we see the potential that all of them have. And of course, you know, you want you want the best for your mates. Like you you want the these people who are really good to succeed and get far. Um, yes, I'm gonna I'd go with Cam Solis. Um, yes, again, I've seen him on other shows where he's been in like the no DQ matches, hardcore matches, things like that. Um, you know, train with him and you know, speak to him backstage, and he's absolutely fearless. Um, he'll he'd give anything a go. You you put him in a match and say, okay, okay we're gonna throw you off the roof, and he's just like, yes, sound. And uh, just they just like you throw throw him off the roof. Like, why why not? Um, again, probably not sure that'd be good for uh, the rest of his career. It won't have the longest. Oh. But, uh, yeah, yeah I think he'd be be really good. He's worked for companies like Rise that kind of pride themselves on being mm. the the more like extreme, like the 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 UK kind of ECW, I guess. And uh, he he gets over really well over there. So uh, I'd pick Cam. He had a last man standing match against um, Scott. I'll yeah, say him in the last Oberman. Wrestling Island show, and that wasn't yeah. that wasn't um, family friendly. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scott Oldman, man, what what a talent that guy is. Yes, uh, he's, that, he's, come, he's come out of a the, shell in the last two years. Yeah, absolutely. Character. The, the most cutting part of lockdown for me is that um, me and Ryan had a tag match scheduled against uh, Scott Oldman and Dan Evans um, mm. over at Blank Canvas. Um, and due to everything getting cancelled, the, the oh, match that, got that, scrapped. That, oh, so, that card for the May show looked amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it did. And, and the matches that weren't announced were just mm. as good. 
So um, just going to throw that out there. If anyone wants to book uh, Mates Last versus Mo's side, uh, Murder Squad or Mercenary Squad, whichever one. Yeah, the Mercenary now. Mervis, I can't even speak. Mercenary, <laughs> mercenary squad. Yeah, it doesn't roll off the top as much as. Um, yeah, Ben wants to yeah, book it, then, uh, We all, we all still want it. We all still want yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who's yeah. can run against then? Oh, it's a good, it's a good one. I um, I might go Spike Treve. Is it Treve or Treve? Treve. Treve. Yeah, he um, he's not somebody I, I know well at all. I uh, I've only met him briefly when I was working uh, ring crew for Progress and, and their show in Sheffield, and he had a, yeah. a hardcore match against Jimmy Havoc on that show, and um, wow. and it was brilliant. It was uh, it was really good. Um, obviously, his his character is larger than life, and and that's what you know you're going to get from him as a as a bare minimum and he, he played up to it so brilliantly in this match there was a bit where uh, he had um he had havoc tied up in the corner and he pulled out like a a painter's um stand and uh, and some canvas and uh, dipped the brush in uh, in havoc's bleeding forehead and proceeded oh. to paint a portrait of him on the canvas yeah, uh, with, yeah. with all the flair that you'd imagine he, he, he would do with, and it was it was such a unique thing, and and I think sometimes sometimes you know we've all seen a lot of hardcore matches and a lot of a lot of matches where you know people are bleeding and and and, and all that goes on, and I think trying to find trying to find the unique spin on them, all the ways to really insert your own personality into those mm-hmm. is, is what makes them a, a big success, and and that's what he did so well in that match. I think. You know, two guys who who might be, you know, might well be sort of nameless, generic wrestlers, going hell to leather, battering each other with with objects or making each other bleed all over the show. I don't think necessarily it's the sort of thing I'm into. It's not not the wrestling that I'm into. No. But if if you have a really good hardcore match between two people who are telling a story and putting over a character and and able to to do things in a way that makes you go, oh, this guy's a prick or this guy this guy's brilliant or, or whatever emotion you feel uh, i think that's that's when you really capture people and that's when you when you create the magic and and the moments that you know you, you talk about for years and I'll, I'll certainly remember that so i'll go with yeah spice Rebecca. he was a nice guy as well i yeah. only met him briefly after the show but he was uh he was really friendly really down-to-earth guy good fella yeah yeah, he's somebody I've, I've seen live. I've listened to a couple of interviews with him. He does sound like a really nice guy. Um, so there's a match you could put yourselves in if you wanted uh, your tag team title match. Oh, it's, I think uh, I think I can speak for both of us on this one. I think it's uh, it's a pretty easy one. It would be uh, it would be Gibbo and JD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we we maybe nearly possibly got to wrestle them on a show. Um, at the I was at the start. It was when it was when WWE was sort of taking a, a more controlled uh, look on on what promotions wrestlers could work for, um, and the, we'd we'd heard from we'd heard from a promoter that, that they might have been trying to book that match, um, wow. and then it, and then it might have been on the cards, and then uh, and then it wasn't basically. Um, so we we maybe came close once, but that's that's obviously the dream. The dream match, the guys, the guys who taught us everything we know, um, like like we were saying before, have a, a huge influence over our style and, and and how we wrestle. You know, we're we're sort of similar in in, in terms of JD JD brings the uh, the high flying stuff and the uh, the real eye catching 
uh, aerial stuff and, and, and Leon's got that in his locker and, and you know, Gibbo's got his, his power moves and that, blah, blah. Obviously, they've they've got way, way, way more beyond that as well. Um, and they did probably teach us so much uh, being in the ring with them as opponents as well as they have done as trainers. So uh, I think uh, I think that's probably the one. The only the only one that I think might come close is uh, I know the pair of us are huge Motor City Machine Guns fans. Yeah, um, <laughs> to the point where to the point where I might have given up on wrestling at a point if if it hadn't have been for those guys. Um, oh wow! I think yeah, I think when when WWE hit a bit of a, a rut, um, you know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, that sort of time. I think it was quite easy to to fall, fall out of love with wrestling a little bit. I mean, there was there was a lot of stuff that wasn't aimed at guys like me, and um, you know, sort of early 20s or, or late teens who, you know, didn't really want the PG stuff and, and it didn't really interest them. And and then guys like Mostly Machine Guns in TNA really reinvigorated um, it was to, to be a pro wrestling fan, for me anyway. Um, so whilst uh, whilst they, you know, if we were actually if we we're actually making a list, they're a distant, distant second to, to JD and Gibbo, you know, our mates, our trainers, they'd, uh, they'd be the other one who were in consideration, I reckon. I was, I was gutted when um, they had uh, Alex Schelling and Shida as a time splitters in NXT for like one match. I was like, oh, when he, when he said he had Alex Shelley, I was like, oh, that was funny. Yeah, it's a shame that. I know yeah. I know. Uh, Gibbo and JD were, were made up. They two matches, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a shame. You're right. Cool. So, yeah, so it's your tag team, you versus the Grizzles Young Veterans. So, okay, your main event then, the made to last championship. If I, oh, I'm going first on this one, and I, I think, um, cool. I think despite despite what Leon was saying earlier about not just wanting to give it to our mates and stuff, uh, there's nobody I enjoy watching wrestle more than uh, than Chase Alexander. Um, he, yes, he is yes. he's, he's a big mate of ours. Um, you know, if there was a third member of Made to Last, it'd probably be him. not not character wise because he's a knobhead, isn't he? But, <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of like like sort of being big mates outside of. Uh, Outside of show, he's the yeah. one. He's he's a really good fella. Um, but again, I, I love watching him wrestle. I think the way the way he's brought his character on, and and the way he's um, he's added he's added bits to it, and he, he's not stood still with what he was doing. Uh, the the sort of the way he's on outside of the ring, producing like phenomenal videos to get his character over. I think um, I think he's great, and I think as soon as he walks out, you know who he is and what he's about. He brings the martini glass out with him, and it visually it just looks boss. He's he's um yeah he's great, and then once he's in the ring, he can go as well. And and training with him, you, you get it, you get a real good sense of that. Um, you know, anytime you, you sort of have to run a spot or run a drill with him in training, you pretty much get it right first time because he, he's so on the ball, and you know you you're happy to to be in the ring with him every time you get to because you you really get to perfect what you're doing, and you really get to hone your skills. And you don't have to worry about um, you know the other person forgetting or going the wrong way or turning the wrong way or something like that because he's he's so sharp and he's so on it with everything he does and and that translates and you started seeing that I think a bit more he's he's had some some really good matches recently against the likes of Ridgeway um, he had David Starr on that last blank canvas show as well it was a really good match um, you know he's he's really starting to show. To show who he is and what he's about. I think he was on a progress pre-show as well, so he's 
You know, he's, yeah. he's definitely yeah. going places, and and I couldn't be happier for him. And I couldn't be more excited to watch him, to watch him smash it, even if he, uh, even as he is a bit of a bellend on uh, in his character, and, <laughs> and sometimes sometimes in life as well. You know, sometimes in real life too. <laughs> Okay, and for his opponent, um, if we're going for the main event, for me in like, British wrestling, the, the most main event looking guy is Adam Maxted. Um, I just yes. think, Joe, you, you look at him and he's, he's the face of your company. Like how he isn't in more places is completely beyond me. He's absolutely in phenomenal shape. He looks amazing. He's a great wrestler. Um, he's, he's just for me the the whole package and i just I, I don't get why he isn't more places um i don't understand why he's not everyone's everyone's champion that that is a champion you just need to look at him and you know that he is the top guy of your company um again a really nice guy uh, when i met him joe he's always looking to improve everything uh, he sits down and listens to everything he wants to listen to everyone's point of view Joe, he'll, he'll ask trainees for their point of view of his match because he wants to kind of see what kind of um, like viewpoints they may have as um, more so as a, as a fan to, to watching him than, say, asking Gibbo, who is watching it as a technician, I think. Yes. Joe. And uh, he, he just wants that opinion from everyone so they can try and be as perfect as a of a wrestler and character as possible he's always looking for that feedback he's always looking to improve he's yeah just i I just think he'd be really good not necessarily like picking him as a style to go against chase um like as such but i just think that max should be your main event i couldn't agree more and i think uh I think it's easy to fall into the trap that we, we we've probably all done before in in WWE with the likes of the Miz and and things like that, and think oh he's he's come from telly or he's you know he's um he's just a, a phenomenally good looking guy in great shape and he probably can't go like I mean he's someone you just can't you can't make that assumption with because once he gets in the ring he's he's really genuinely absolutely brilliant. I think he's got uh, yes, yes. a chance to show that a lot more recently. I think the stuff that you were doing in Ireland was really good. Um, I think, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. His, his ability in the ring is 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 great, and and his look is obviously is obviously spot on. But but like Leon was saying as well, he's he's a top guy backstage. He was um, he was on my my debut show. He was working, and um, he, I think he'd overheard somebody else talking to me, and, and the fact that it was my debut. And he made the point of coming over and having a chat with me and uh and just just being great telling me to make sure I enjoy it, giving me some pointers, um, you know, just making sure that he, he spent a bit of time uh talking to the new guy and, and I really appreciated it. And he was the first one to sort of ask me how it went afterwards as well. So, you know, he made a big impression on me as being a top fella. Amazing. Cool. Oh, that's a that's a great card. I would really watch. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've met Adam Max said once at all star show. He was, he was really nice. He made me feel yeah. very inadequate in the photo. <laughs> yeah, I think he does that like everyone. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get a picture with him. I, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so before we go, do you want to promote your social media? Uh, yeah, so mine would be uh, NVG Leon Gray, or one word. 
I think pretty much on everything. I think that's the Twitter, Instagram. They're, they're the main two I really use. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm similar Twitter and Instagram mostly. I'm um, at Ryan underscore FS on uh, Twitter. And yeah. I can't remember my Instagram because I think it's slightly different. It's Ryan underscore Fawn underscore FS uh, on uh, on Instagram. I should probably post more on there to be honest. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's me. Yeah. Cool. So I'll, I'll I'll put links to everything in the description. I'll also put the link to the charity in the description below the interview. So oh, I've really enjoyed right. speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in the future once everything's back to normal. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been great. Really enjoyed it.